Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance his kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. All right. How's everybody doing? Welcome to 2024. We are so glad that you're here. I cannot believe it's already a new year. This one flew by, flew by, literally flew by. Next week, we're going to jump into leading your family, but I really feel like as I prayed and I prepared this week that we have to start with the understanding of expansion, God's heart, and we want to look, we want to look at a few things before we jump into looking at how to lead our family. And I believe that every season, every moment in our life is preparing us for where we are now. Every single one. You know, how many of you have lived, you remember a season that you had, you had no reason why you were going through it, but you understand it now. Right? That's often how it goes. We don't always see the big picture. God always sees the big picture. He knows what he's doing, when he's doing it, and he's always on time. But this morning, before we really jump into some of the the nuts and bolts of what I want to talk about, I really want to generally just communicate our vision and our mission. Now, some of you may be like, oh, man, I've heard that before. But there may be a lot of you in the room that you've never heard the general vision and mission of Harvest Time Church. Now, there's a lot of specifics. There's some additions to that. But at the core value of our vision and our mission, that is who we are. That is what we do. And it shows not just what we do, but how how we accomplished the, the heart of God for Harvest Time Church. So I'm not going to take up a whole lot more time introing that, but I'm going to just jump right into it. And our vision here at Harvest Time Church is to be a home. Now, if you've never heard that and that's your first time, you want to pay attention to how we use the word home as an acronym to communicate who we are and what we do. But when we talk about being a home, there's going to be four things that Harvest Time is. That when we use that word home, that we have a heart to serve, we have open arms, we are mission-minded, and we have a goal to equip and empower. In an essence, that's, that's, that's the nuts and bolts of who we are, the DNA. Now, let's look at that first one. When we talk about a heart to serve, Pastor, why does it matter that we serve? Now, I know a lot of people, you know, maybe you, maybe, maybe you are one, that you come to church with an expectation to be served, right? I come and I want to get poured into and I want to receive. But here at Harvest Time Church, there's a measure of receiving, but there's also a measure of giving, We serve because serving comes out of a heart that has been changed. How many of you know before Jesus, you were pretty selfish? How many of you know after Jesus, guess what? (laughs) You're still sometimes selfish, right? Some of those things don't change. So when we serve others, it kind of breaks that that, that mold of being selfish selfish and it makes us selfless in an act of serving others. Now, this starts at a very practical level from being kind to being considerate um, to letting others sit in your seat. I hope in this church you have never asked somebody to get out of your seat, right? You know, man, I've heard horror stories of, hey, that's my pew, that's my chair. Listen, if they took your seat, get here earlier, right? They don't take my seats because they got nice reserve signs over here, so I guess that's why they don't sit there. Every now and then, Alana will sit in my seat, but she's kind of one of the family, so she gets that privilege. Or if my kid sits in my seat, special privileges, right? But I hope that we're courteous and we're kind and we have a heart to serve uh, unapologetically. Serving is what we do. Serving is who we are. Why do we serve? Well, Jesus had a heart to serve. He said, I have come to serve, not to be served. So therefore, as a church, as, as a Christian, we should also what? Serve. 
So as Harvest Time Church, we have a heart to serve. And, you know, um, I remember we've had a few people throughout the time that I've been pastoring and being here at the church to where the light bulb just turns on. And it's like, wow, I never realized how fun and satisfying serving can be. And we've learned it's even funner when we do it together. Now, if you're the only one serving, how many of you know that's a, that's a bum kind of day? You're bummed out. But when we're serving together, there's actually a synergy and an excitement. And, you know, if I had Abel up here this morning and he was just, he, Abel's our drummer. If he only played drums, how many of you know? Oh, be a little awkward, right? Be like, come on, y'all sing. You know, but it's just him. Some things don't work if we're the only one contributing. But things that work really, really well often work really, really well when everybody plays their part, when everybody contributes and everybody serves one another. It's one of the selfless acts that we can practice on a regular basis inside the church. So we have a heart to serve. Number two, open arms. So we focus on loving and accepting all people. That means we have an open door. That means we welcome people as they are. I know sometimes people in the church get wigged out by somebody who's rough around the edges. Guess what? You might be that person that's roughed around the edges and you just think you're holier than you are. Right? You know, we have a perception when we've been in church for a while to kind of select who we think should be allowed to come in. Now here, understand this. We open our doors to anybody and everybody, but here's the goal. We are trusting God to change and transform all of those who come into this place. Now, if you've been here a while and you're still the same, we might need to beat on you a little harder. Because we should be changing, we should be getting better, we should be practicing and activating faith to apply scripture that promotes the change that God demands. Right? He never said, hey, come follow me, but keep all your junk with you, right? When he says, come follow me, there should be an identity change, there should be a forsaking of the past, there should be moving towards towards a new life in Christ and through Jesus. But in an essence, and it says Jesus died for all people. Guess what? All people includes me. Even when I was a sinner, even when I was undeserving of the gift of Jesus, he loved me and he accepted me and he welcomed me. So we will be a church that has open arms and we love and we accept everybody. That doesn't mean we tolerate sin and be like, brother, you can keep sinning. The the blood of Jesus is good enough. Well, we want to confront that, but you know, we want to give the work of God, the Holy Spirit, some time to, to bust off those rough edges. But we love people and we pray that God deals with the sin that he deals with those rough edges and we become a people who look a little more like Jesus and a little less like the world. Amen. Got it. So open arms. Number three, we are mission minded. So we have a mind, we have a mission in mind that we're not here just to go through the motions and running around saying, I'm not sure what we're supposed to do, but we understand that we have had, we have a commission from God to impact the world, both locally and globally. So one of the most important things is that we come to the knowledge of Jesus. And once we find Jesus, our goal is to tell others about Jesus. That, you know, he said, go and make disciples a proactive approach. This is not just for the pastors. This is not just for the church leaders. This is for the Christian. This is for the Jesus follower. That we would go and we would proclaim the goodness of God. But that we would have a mission-minded perspective. Everywhere I go, I'm thinking, man, does this person know Jesus? Is it, how's this person's relationship with the Lord? And, you know, there's always an objective to go and seek and save that which was lost. Because that's always been God's heart from the beginning. And then lastly, equipping and power. Now, when we started pastoring, sorry, if you've went through our um, new membership class, you've heard all this. But if you haven't, you get a free uh, little intro to it. But when we started pastoring, we had the word equip, but we didn't have the word empower. 
Okay, so when I started pastoring, God really convicted me and he said, Pastor, what's the point of equipping if you don't empower people? I'm like light bulb kicked on. I said, well, absolutely nothing. It's not, you know, it's, it's like training for baseball, but never playing the game. Like it's kind of pointless. Why, why would we work and would we train and would we prepare to never get in the game? So God put on our heart that we were going to be a church that doesn't only equip you for the, for the work and the training of ministry, but also empower you to do the work of ministry. In the Bible, it says that, you know, the fivefold ministry, your apostles, prophets, evangelists, preachers, and teachers, their responsibility is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Who are the saints? You are the saints for the work of ministry. So our heart here is that we train you and we equip you for the work of ministry. Um, Now, we're not going to just throw you in the deep end of the pool and bloop, bloop, bloop. There went the saint to the bottom of the pool. Right? We're going to help you. We're going to train you. We might give you some floaties. But our ultimate goal is to equip you for the work of ministry, but then empower you and support you to be successful in whatever God puts in your heart. It's not always preaching and teaching. Right? There's a lot of ministries that God puts in our heart. I mean, I've seen landscapers that do the work as unto the Lord. I've seen janitors doing work as unto the Lord. It's not always the most glamorous, but it's what are you called to and are you honoring God in and through that gifting and and bringing him glory in everything, right? That's what it's all about. But our heart is to equip and empower. So that that is what we we do, but how we accomplish that is covered by our mission. So our vision is focused around what we do, but our mission focuses around how we accomplish that. So the home acronym, that's our vision. Our mission is to bring all people into a real relationship with Christ by knowing, growing, and going towards their God's given purpose. So that's, that's the, actually the nuts and bolts of, the, of our mission, that our mission first and foremost is that people know God. How many of you know knowing, growing, and going? That's very simple. And uh, just to let you know, when we started working out this mission, because we didn't have one. We had a vision, but we didn't have a mission I started praying, and I got this really, really quick. I wrote it down, and then I just kind of stuck it to my computer monitor, and I let it marinate. I don't know if that's how you work through processing things, but I just let it marinate. I left it for months, prayed about it, prayed about it, and I said, man, there's no way that that's it. But I feel like it was downloaded from heaven with simplicity, with intentionality, that we would know what the mark is, what the point is, and what the goal is. And it'd be very, very simple. I didn't want a mission statement to be like, well, I don't understand what this mission statement is. Three core elements, knowing, growing, and going. Why is knowing so important? Because if you don't know Christ, you're not going to grow in Christ. If you're not growing in Christ, guess what? You're not going to go anywhere, right? So it's progressive. The knowing, growing, and going, what's the point? Growing in all of these things, moving towards God's given purpose. But our calling and our mission as a church is to bring all people, that word all again, all people into a real relationship with Christ by knowing, growing, and going towards their God's given purpose. So can you say that with me? Say knowing, Knowing. growing, Growing. and going. One more time. Knowing. Growing and going. Okay? It's simple. You're like, it's that easy. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking about it. I'm be waking up in my sleep, knowing, growing, and going. That's what we want. That's the whole heartbeat of our church, that people would know, that people would grow, and that people would go into whatever it is that God has for them. Okay? Pretty simple stuff. But it's important to know what, what it is. So, so this morning, you know, when we talk about vision and we talk about mission, when we have vision, it focuses on what we do. When we focus on the mission, it shows us how we do it. Um, but this morning, I want to work through 
doing three things, focusing on three areas that I believe will set us up for a great year. How many of you want that? It's going to set us up for a great year. So the three things we're going to look at, look at first is number one, accept your past. Oh. Accept your past. Number two, assess your sight. See how, how are you seeing right now? And then number three, ask God for more. So we're going to break down those three things this morning. Accept your past, assess your sight, and ask God for more. So number one, accepting your past. What we have to do before we move forward, we got to look back. How many of you have ever stopped, stepped in a pothole in your yard? How many of you stopped in that, stepped in that joker more than once? Okay, well, shame on you if you did it more than once. Because one of two things, you either didn't pay attention or you didn't fix the problem. Now, it's one thing to step in new potholes. It's another thing to step in the same pothole. But sometimes if we look back or we learn from our past, it will fix the outcome in the future. Right? God wants us to look back, and it doesn't matter how painful, how difficult, how challenging it is. We can always look back, and we can learn from our successes. We can learn from our failures, our setbacks, our difficulties. We can take all of these things of our past, and they can help us have a better future. Okay? Uh, I, I know some people just say, no, 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 no. They, they plug their ears, they close their eyes, and they just want to plow forward. But for us to really be successful, we have to take a moment, and we just have to look back. There's a quote I want to share with you this morning. It says, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Now, we don't mind that with the good things, but how many of you want to repeat the bad things? Said nobody, right? We have to remember. We have to learn from those things. So let's look back for just a moment. Now, many of us, this last year was a challenging year. You know, we began 2023. You know, we look back at our, at our sermon notes and all of those things. We started 2023 with the title message, Preparing for War. Now, how many of you know when you start a year with the word prepare for war? Oh, Jesus, help us, Lord. I won off the boat. I was just playing. I walk on the water like Peter and get off this boat. I'm done. Like, Lord, I want out. But we started last year with the, with the message, prepare for war. And, you know, with the word from the Lord of knowing it was going to be challenging and there was going to be battles and personal storms. And many of us experienced that. But I want us to realize that today we are here standing. We made it. We didn't die. We thought we were going to die. Maybe we're still dealing with wounds and scars and all of these things, but we're here today and we got breath in our lungs and we're, we're assessing where we're at, and, but we made it. So battles that we fight, sometimes we have the perspective of just surviving. I want to just survive this storm and you just hunker down and you hold on. But every time that there's a battle, the Lord is focused not on the battle, but what the battle is going to do to move you forward. That's his whole heart. He never said, oh, we'll fight this battle and lose ground. The battles that God lays before us, we fight those battles so that we move forward. Who wants to fight a battle and lose? Right? If I'm going to get through this thing, I want to win. And we have to understand that when God is on our side and he is fighting our battles for us, that we can feel and we can know that every battle that the Lord is fighting for us, guess what? We're going to be a people that is victorious. Right now, we might have got picked up because we're bleeding out and Jesus carried us a mile or two. But nonetheless, in those battles, we can see that when we survive it and God is fighting for us, that we can take the ground, not lose the ground. That's God's heart. And we have to look. And just because we were in a battle doesn't mean that we stay in the battle. But we need to see what God did in and through the battle. You're like, Pastor, I got hit right in the mouth this year. 
and I didn't like it. I wanted to back up. But God says, son and daughter, keep moving forward. Now, I think the question to ask is, why did you get hit in the mouth? What happened? You know, uh, everybody wants to talk about a fight they won, but they don't want to talk about a fight they lost. You should have seen the other guy, right? You know, it's kind of, you hear the stories like, you know, as long as you're not the one busted up, gimping around, and you got all messed up, right? We don't want to talk about that. But I always say, what is it that caused the wound? What is it that caused the setback? What was it that was difficult? Because we have to learn the schemes of the enemy also, right? We can't just keep getting hit in the mouth and like sit there like a, like a punching dummy. Like sometimes we got to bob and weave just a little bit and get your head out of the way from what the enemy's laying on you. Right? Anybody, anybody seen those videos? There have been a few of them going around, but where a bear begins to charge and you don't run, so you get real big and you yell real loud. Now, what's the instinct? Duck, tail, and run, but that's the most dangerous thing you can do. So sometimes the best thing you can do is throw your arms wide, scream like you're out of control, and it kind of startles them, stops them, and they run off. Well, we have to understand that the enemy is coming around and he is trying to destroy and cause fear. And his number one tactic is to get you to turn and run. But we have to understand that the power we fight with, we're not just restrained within our own strength and our own power, but God comes alongside us and he fights his battles. How many of you remember, you know, watching Simba as he was, as he was I say howling or yipping at the, at the hyenas and they're laughing. They're like, hey, do it again. And he's doing like a little bitty growl. And then his daddy shows up. And you see him get all nervous and say, oh, man. But it really wasn't him, but it was his father standing guard behind him that caused the enemy to tremble. But guess what, son and daughter? Even a cub grows up. And God gives us that authoritative voice. And if you will know who you are in God and that he is fighting for you, you will see battles as an opportunity to move forward, not as something to fear and to be destroyed. Amen? Man, first service didn't get that one. That was a good one. All right. So she's like, I got it. I wrote it down. So if anybody says, first service is better, not always. Right, you know. Um, so we want to look back. Um, I know some of you are really, really challenged because you really got beat up this year. You don't want to look back. You just want to bury it. But I, I, can we just take a moment? What I want to do, we have to understand God is fighting our battles for us. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. I want you to go back. Think about the things you could remove. Think about the things you could change. Maybe even right now you are ticked going into 2024 because of some of these setbacks. And before we move from this place, you say, God, help me to move forward. Or Lord, help me to see what you are doing in and through this. Lord, help me to see what you were doing so that I can be confident as I move forward. Think about it just for another moment. Maybe look at where the Lord fought for you where he lifted your head up, where he encouraged you. Now open your eyes and look back at me. Now think of how far you've come, that you're still here, that there's still endless opportunity. I always say as long as we have breath in our lungs, there's still a chance to do something great for God. So don't let your past define you, but allow your past to direct you to move forward. Amen.
So we got to go back before we go forward. Learn everything. Say, Lord, if there's something I missed that's going to prevent me in the future, please show me. Help me come to the realization of what I need to learn, what I need to know, so that we can have the greatest year yet. Amen? All right. So we look back. We, we, we pay attention to those things. We, we accept the past. Can't change it, but we can change our future. Now we want to assess your sight. What does this mean? This means get clarity. This means to be able to see where we're going. Um, anybody ever got a bug in your eye? All the teary and all that stuff, you can't see nothing, and it's horrible, right? Everything hurts, your left eye hurts, but you got something in your right eye. Like, it just causes all kinds of issues. You know, but the heart this year is that you would see clearer than you have ever seen. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Another way to communicate that is they cast off restraint, they are unrestrained. Now, I've been off like the last two and a half weeks, and guess what? You get sloppy when you take time off. Right? I didn't pray as much as I should have. I didn't read my Bible as much as I should have. I'd get up and I'd say, what time is it? I don't know, but I didn't have to do anything. That's, how many of you know that's okay to do for a little bit, but don't do that for a lifetime career? Right? You know, but without that structure, you know, that restraint, well, what are you going to do today? Uh uh-huh. There's no vision. There's no focus. There's no goals. There's no, I mean, I guess the bills were paid because I wasn't worrying about those. I don't know. Like, you know, whatever it was, there was just no... What's your goal in life? I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. And, you know, that's what, that's what it talks about being, uh, you know, casting off restraint, not discipline. But without vision, you don't know where you're going. There's no measuring the direction you're going. So we are a people with vision, okay? So we should know what we're doing and where we are going. <clears throat> when there is clear vision, we can see if we're going in the right direction or the wrong direction. Now, when I was coming to church this morning, it was cold outside. My truck, you know, the defrost takes some while to defrost. I didn't have ice or anything, but you know how it's a little foggy. Now I got good eyesight, so I came anyway. You know, you should probably wait. It's the right thing to do, but I could see enough. I wasn't going to get in a wreck or anything like that. But about halfway to church, the engine started heating up. It put nice heat on the windshield, and guess what happened? What was cloudy began to be clear. All of a sudden, I could see clearly. I could see everything in front of me, all of those things. Now, we have to be able to see clearly. So when we have vision, vision fixes the I don't knows. It fixes the I can't see. You know, it, it, you know, it fixes the I don't knows. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. You know, when we have clarity of vision, we know where we're going and what we're supposed to be doing. You know, um, when we go to the DMV, the DMV, when you get your license, they check your eyes. Now, I got anybody in here with bad eyesight? If I stole your glasses, you're not getting home, maybe. You know, like, depends how bad your eyes are. Like, uh, yeah, I can't see anything, right? Um, but when we go to the DMV, they make sure that you at least have 2070 vision in one eye. Now, they make sure you have, you have this amount of clarity, um, not to be mean, not to be cruel, but for your own safety to make sure you get to your destination and to make sure you get there safely. Because I'll tell you what, if you can't see where you're going, you, you may reckon and, and prevent the amount of time it, or it's gonna take longer to get there or perhaps you'll never get there, right? So it's for your protection, but how many of you know seeing clearly is also for the protection of others? You know, I tell my children all the time, I said, hey, just because you're driving good doesn't mean other people are driving good. So it's important for me to have clarity. It's important for you to have clarity, right? I might be clear and everything's good. And, you know, I, know I, I want to see the crazy blind person coming, right? You know, we want to see clearly. We want to do all these things. But we want, the goal of seeing clear is that we might get to the desired location. 
So how does this apply to you? You know, how can you make sure that you are seeing clear today, that you know where it is that you're supposed to be going? Let's look at Mark 8.22. In Mark 8.22, all the way through 25, it says, They came to Bethsaida, and, said, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Now, he was a blind man, so they took the blind man by the hand, and they led him outside the village. When he, when he spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? Now, let's look at this story. They, they took the blind man out of the village, and he spit, you know, he, he, you know, he spit on his hands and touched his hands and all of these things. And, um, and he looks up, and he says in verse 24, I see people, but they look like walking trees. Now, some of you are like, huh, did it work? Okay, hold on. He was blind, but now he can see people as trees walking. Now, we have to understand, what do we learn from this story? Sometimes we are blind and we get to see a little bit clearer, but it's still foggy. And sometimes Jesus has to touch us and he has to work on our clarity more than just once. Right? But he was blind, and now I see men as walking as, as trees. And then he says, well, once more in verse 25, he put his hands on the man's eyes. And, and, and then what, what happens? He says, then his eyes were opened, and he saw everything clearly. Man, that's, that's a powerful moment to begin, begin to see things clearly. You know, um, I've always had pretty good eyesight. Becky's eyesight wasn't, wasn't nearly as good as mine. She had glasses for like ever and then she got LASIK on her eyes, and I've never been challenged, in Jesus' name, hopefully never, amen, um, not having good eyesight. So for me, I take clarity of vision for granted. But when you don't have clarity of vision, it is a gift from God when you can begin to see clearer. I remember her laying down right after LASIK. She's like, I got to get up and put up my glasses. And I was like, baby, you ain't got glasses no more. She was so in a habit of doing it that once her eyes got fixed, she forgot that she doesn't have to do what she used to because she received a touch and something changed and she was blind and then she could see. So that's what God can do. So what are we going to do this morning? You're like, Pastor, what are we doing in this message? We want to stop and we want to assess our level of clarity. I want you to ask yourself before we jump into this next year, what is your level of clarity today? Are you blind to the things of God? You have no clue what he's doing. You can't see anything. You're walking around like a blind man. Somebody is having to lead you every step of the way. Maybe you're in this place of where I can see a little bit, Pastor. Man, it sure is cloudy. Or maybe today you are in that place of clarity. But I'll tell you what, if you are in that place of clarity, you better be hitting the mark. Because now you see what it is that God has called you to do. So this morning, I just want to take a minute. Same thing, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask God, Lord, how is my clarity? Am I walking around with no vision? Do I have no purpose? Do I have no understanding, Lord, of what you're calling me to? And if you are, acknowledge that. Don't lie to yourself. Oh, I can see, Pastor, if you can't see. But ask God, say, Lord, touch my eyes that I can see spiritually what it is that you're calling me to do. Maybe this morning you're dealing with, a, not, you're not completely blind, but you don't have the clarity. You got a lot of cloudiness and you need another touch. Say, Lord, touch my spiritual eyes that this year I would be able to see all that you need me to see, that I would understand what you've called me to. And now open your eyes and look at me. I hope you can see me. If not, go see your doctor. Okay, 
I pray that God begins to release a measure of clarity where you see and you know what it is that he's calling you to do this year. But be real with yourself and trust him to do the work. What do you see? Assess your sight and get clarity. So we want to accept the past. We want to look back. We want to assess our sight by getting clarity. And lastly, we want to ask God for more. And and this is where this word expansion comes in. We want to ask God for expanded territory. We want to ask God to do more in this year than we could have ever hoped or imagined or dreamed. Now, most of us, we settle for seasons of life where the enemy steals and robs from us and we don't live life to the fullness of what God has in mind. But we have to start agreeing with what God says we can have, what God says we can do, and, but we got to ask for it. We got to ask God to do these things in our life and perhaps he will answer our call. Perhaps he will answer our prayer and we will see great things. I know my kids, they ask for everything. You know why they ask? They're not asking because they're worried about me saying no. They're asking because perhaps I'll say yes. That's what we have to look at. Perhaps today when we ask God, maybe we've asked before and he said no, or we felt like he said no because of a lack of clarity or or a lack of focus. But what if today we begin to ask God for an expansion in every area of our life and he says yes? Then we can ensure that this next year is going to be the greatest year ever. That we can be and we can do all of the things that the scripture says. The word expansion, let me give you a definition for that because many of us may have different perspectives of what that means. But the definition of expansion is to increase in size, number, or importance. Say that one more time. The definition of expansion is to increase in size, in number, or importance. So we have to have God's eyes and we have to have God's heart for the world around us. Have you ever personally asked for God to expand your territory? Um, I know one thing that I would challenge all of us, challenge myself, that when we pray, let's be a people that pray in faith. Right, don't be saying, you know, this is what a lack of faith prayer says. Well, Lord, I don't know if you can hear me. Like that's, you know. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you're able, God. I mean, a lot of people, Pastor, no, he says you can do it, but. But Lord, I just humble myself. Here I am, you know, little old me, right? It's just, it's just like, that ain't going to work. Like you look, it's like, that's, that's a wimpy prayer, right? But faith is going to believe God to do what he said he can do and believe that he will come through because he is God. And guess what? You're not. So we believe that God is who he is, that he can do what he can do. He can do whatever he wants to do. But when we ask in faith is the catalyst to get God moving. Okay. Um, So have we ever asked God to really enlarge our territory? Um, How many of you feel like God has answered some prayers already in the past? Is there anybody in the room that you feel like God has never answered one of your prayers? Anybody in the room? And you'd be bold and courageous to kind of like, had somebody first service, they were fixing their hair. Like I was like, I'll tell you, that's probably might be with like nervous twitch, right? Uh, I pray this year that you see God answer prayers. If he's answered prayers in the past, you will believe him to answer prayers in the future, okay? Let's look at 1 Chronicles 4, 9 and 10, and this is going to be in the New Living Translation, but this is the prayer of Jabez. It says, a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful, you know, so this guy's name was like man of pain, like man, how, how you like that name? 
What's your name mean? We don't want to talk about it, right? But in verse 10, it says, he was one who prayed to the God of Israel. And this was his prayer. He said, oh God, that you would bless me, that you'd expand my territory. He says, please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and all pain. Let me say that one more time. He said, Lord, bless me, expand my territory, be with me in all that I do. And, and keep me from all trouble and all pain. Man, it's a powerful prayer. That's a heartfelt prayer. That, 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 that's coming out of somebody who has literally experienced pain of life. Looking for hope. But here is the, the most powerful part of that whole passage is the last part. I haven't shared it with you yet. But it says, and God granted him his request. That's when everything changes. It's not in the moment of distress and praying, but it's when God responds and says, I will do what you have asked me to do. This is when we see a powerful moment and God comes through that he asked to bless him and, and that, that it would be, there would be expanding, that he would be with him, keep him from trouble, and the Lord granted his request. So we have to ask and we have to believe. And man, God is such a gracious God that I feel like a lot of times he says yes instead of no when it's things that are really aligned with his heart. Now I'm not asking praying for stupid, selfish stuff. But things that have a kingdom initiative or a kingdom motive or it's worth having God's heart. You know, I think that's why it's important, friends, that we let God hold our heart. Because when he, when he holds our heart, the desires of our heart will be aligned with God. And then when we ask out of those desires that are aligned with God, they are the will of God and then they happen. But it's when our heart is led astray for all the cares and all the loves of the things of the world that we miss it. So God, take our hearts, our motives, our pain and all of those things. And Lord, we ask that you would align those according to your word. But that the request of my heart, the passions of my heart, that as those requests are made, God, that you would grant my request. See, now, I think when we look at these three areas, it puts us in a place. Now we're ready to focus on the three areas for this year. And here's what I believe, not believe, here's what I know is in the heart of God for harvest time and for this church for this year, that we are going to ask God to expand in our families, in our community, and in our world. We're going to ask and we're going to plead and we're going to expect God to move mightily in all three of those areas. But for that to happen, it's going to re require some type of commitment from you. Right? It's, it's not going to be something that's just naturally going to happen. There's going to be a sacrifice. There's, there's going to have to be a response if we're going to see expansion in these areas. So how are we going to do this, Pastor? What do I do if you could help me out? Number one, we're going to lead our family. So you're going to lead your family. Now, I hear a lot of debate. Maybe sometimes wives are saying, well, I'm waiting for my husbands to step up. Well, my wife always leading, getting in the way. She won't even let me lead. Who cares who's leading? Somebody needs to lead this year. Hopefully you both step up and you meet in the middle, right? But don't wait. I hear it all the time. Well, I don't want to overstep because God's called, da, 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 da. But I'm, I've seen it. Who cares? Just start leading. Lead your family. Secondly, we're going to serve our community in a radical way. Now, understand all three of these focus outside of the four walls of the church. That's the radical part of this. 
We come every weekend, we get together, we're encouraged, we're pumped up, we go out, and what do we do with it? I hope this year we do a lot with it. But we begin to serve our community in a radical way. Why? So that others may know Jesus and they may come to the knowledge of him by maybe just an act of kindness. I always say that it, you just you meet a practical need and then they'll listen to something spiritual. Servant evangelism, that's what that looks like. But we're going to serve our community and then we're going to change our world. But all of these require work. They're all outside the four walls of the church. This year we're going to really focus on not just living for Jesus on Sundays, but that we would live every day to impact our families, our community, and our world. Proactively. Now, tonight we have our all-hands meeting. If you've been coming for a while and you consider yourself a regular attender and you want to hear about some of the things we're changing, some of the strategies, different things like that, we're going to meet together tonight at 6 o'clock. But I just encourage you throughout this month, we're going to just continue to clarify, clarify, and clarify the vision that's in the heart of God for Harvest Time for this year. Um, But there's gonna be some changes. Uh, I'll just give you a quick one. You know, our life groups, they're changing to community groups. We're gonna proactively be involved in our communities, not just at the church. We do good showing up at church. Will we invite people into our homes? Will we invite, will we bless people in our community? Will we reach out to our neighbors in a radical way this year so that all may know Jesus. I know I am, right? I mean, what are you going to do? It's like, oh, man, you you asked me a hard question, Pastor. I'll come back next week and think about it, right? What are you going to do? It's going to require a sacrifice. It's going to change. It's going to require a change of thinking. But for us to expand... As God wants us to expand, we're all going to have to contribute. Can you stand up with me? We're going to get out of here. So really the things that we have to focus on today is, first and foremost, every single one of us need Jesus. You ever seen that shirt? Y'all need Jesus, right? <laughs> it's, that's, so, that's so accurate. We all need Jesus, right? I know, it's, I know it's communicated in a snarky way. I'm always like, you need Jesus. Like, but no, we really all need Jesus to do and to be all that he's called us to be. Invite our prayer teams up, the ones that are are here this morning. And as we work through these three things of looking back, of uh, the the level of clarity that you have and, and asking God to expand your territory, if you've been challenged with any of these three and you would like one of these prayer partners to pray with you through that, please, when I dismiss you, come forward. Say, man, I've just really, you know, I've really um, had a hard year. And how do you know if it's still affecting you? Because you can't move on. You're still stuck in by the by the wounds of 2023, but you need to deal with those before you go forward. Maybe you got to church hitting the rumble strips. I'm still good. You ain't hit the ditch yet. And there's a lack of clarity. I didn't wreck, Pastor. I made it. Yeah, this time. But there's a lack of clarity that you need for this year. Linger just for a moment. Let God release that or come, come up for a prayer partner to pray with you with that. And then if you just want to believe God for expansion in all of these areas in your life this year and you want somebody to agree with you, that's what these prayer partners are for. Say, so, hey, in faith, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm believing for. Because I'll tell you what, in our, in our families, in our community, in our world, I can tell you there's people in this room that have prayed prayers in those areas. 
but may this be the year that we see the expansion we've been waiting for. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for each one here. I thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, I do thank you that this year is going to be the greatest year yet. But Father, I pray we'd learn from the past. We'd see what we need to see. Father, that we would heal up. And Father, I think we thank you that we, we can celebrate our victories as we move forward. Father, I pray for just continual clarity. If it's a little cloudy, Lord, I pray you'd touch us again. Father, that we would move to a place of complete clarity so that we see what it is that you need us to see. And then, Father, I pray for radical expansion this year in every household, in every family, in every community. I know everybody's been busting me up that it has to be bigger than Bay City. I don't know how big it is, God, but you know how big it is. So, Father, I pray that at all of the land, all of the territory, all of the expansion that you give us this year, Father, I pray that everywhere our feet tread, Father, that you would just give us favor, that your presence would go with us. And, Father, this year, man, we would just see the kingdom of God advance in a radical way. Father, I bless each one here. Lord, I thank you for a new year, and I thank you that it's going to be full of you. And Father, we just count it an honor and a privilege to be part of your family. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like to know more about our family, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash HTC Bay City or find us on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.